Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Welcome to 2024, and I think I can probably just promise you that it is going to be a damn difficult year, despite whatever good wishes we may have for one another. So let's get right into the nitty gritty of it, and uh, with my trusty colleague. <laughs> Terence Corrigan. Terence, welcome to the first show of the year. And the idea being to pick your brain on particularly the diplomatic consequences for South Africa for taking this genocide case to the International Court of Justice. Before I get you to weigh in, and perhaps I can just put a little summary, it's not much needed for this audience, but basically what has happened is that the South African government has lodged an urgent application, International Court of Justice in The Hague in in late December, to obtain an order rather directing Israel to refrain from acts that may constitute genocide under the 1948 Genocide Convention. And both countries are signatories to it. And the application follows the attack by Hamas on Israel on 7 October. And our press largely treats that as a simple act of war to which Israel responded with an all-out assault needed to be said on Gaza to unabashedly eliminate Hamas, whose goal is to eliminate the existence of Israel. And the the charge is basically that with more than 21,000 people being killed, although there is no indication of how many of those are actually Hamas operatives and how much are actually genuine civilians, that may very well affect whether a genocide can be inferred or not. And so basically, South Africa has taken upon itself to go to the ICJ and declare a breach of the terms of the Genocide Convention. Now, Terence, the merits of the thing aside, because the, the first hearings will be on the 11th and 12th, which is later this week, to determine whether there is prima facie the basis for right, right. a full trial hearing and all facts and law being argued. But right. that aside, not knowing which way this will go, assuming that even if Assuming that the application would be successful to go to a further hearing, which hearing would probably last for a year or so, what possible consequences do you feel that the Serbian government may be looking at diplomatically by having, simply by having launched this action, which none of the other allies of Hamas have, have considered doing? Look, I think it's a, there's a saying that if all you have is a hammer, everything becomes a nail. And I think that that, that, that is a apt descriptor of South Africa's diplomacy over the last 15 or so years. One can be harshly critical of, of, of Tabo and Becky's incumbency, but I think that he actually understood, had a sense of how, of how a country interacts with, uh, uh, with its, with its peers abroad. And this was a guy who could, uh, denounce U.S. imperialism and then have a perfectly congenial co- uh, conversation with George W. Bush. I just don't think we have that sort of intellectual firepower anymore or that, that sort of understanding. I think what we have is a, is like so many things faulting to, to ideology. So, you know, South Africa, there's a tragic irony to all this. A country that is manifestly failing to manage its own affairs has tried to sort of thrust itself, um, you know, into, uh, into really big 
divisive global matters, you know, the Russia-Ukraine war, Israel and, 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 and Hamas, things that are out, you know, outside of any, of any sort of reasonable, um, uh, reasonable diplomatic experience. You know, this isn't, this isn't the DRC in the 1990s where South Africa actually did, uh, you know, wield both moral authority and, um, had resources and standing that were actually quite valuable. This is a flea scratching the back of a rhinoceros. Hmm. But that background's important. What you know? What does this mean, though? I think that they that at, at some level, this is South Africa striking back. You know, the grand imperialist conspiracy. Mm. If you go, you know, if you go through 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 some of the ANC's own um, uh, own foreign policy documents, there's very little sense. And once once again, this is this is not from the sort of Embeki uh, 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 era where you still had where you had the sort of anti-imperialism, but you know, you also had um, there were some countervailing realizations. This stuff could be sort of the anti Tom Clancy novel, you know, the, mm. the the grand American conspiracy against the against the wretched of the earth. France for non meets David Icke. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, look, it's 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 there is something profoundly unserious, but I, you know, I would say that after after South Africa's um, uh, performance over, over Russia and Ukraine, I mean, is that is that peace mission sort of thing? Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, uh, essentially, no, to be naive to call for a, you know, to call for withdrawals now, because that's, that's, that's the sort of, um, uh, the sort of language used when Russia's the aggressor. I think that that, that, that did, a, did a great deal to alienate, um, uh, to alienate Western countries. And now, uh, you know, on, on this issue, which is also, which has also been very, very, very divisive across the world, it hits at certain pain points, particularly, you know, in, in America's domestic, domestic setup. You know, it's been quite a lot of bipartisan, uh, uh, support for Israel, which is rare in this day and age. America mm. being very, very polarized. Um, for the most part, uh, Europe has been fairly supportive of, of, of Israel, although I, uh, there are, I understand some, some very severe misgivings about, um, uh, uh, about Israel's actions, but that's a matter for a, you know, for, 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 for a separate conversation. Mm. But, you know, I think, I think what, what South Africa is, um, is signaling is, you know, they, uh, are standing on a particular side. They mm. are standing in a particular global impulse. Uh, you know, which is why you will see the South African government, uh, you know, uh, uh, spending whatever meager diplomatic capital it has and also some of the very real capital that, uh, uh, uh that, that you and I as taxpayers commit to, to take Israel to court. Mm. Um, but you are certainly not going to see a peep out of South Africa about the mass internment of Uyghurs in, in Western China. You're not mm. going to see, um, uh, well, <laughs> it's been as good as nothing said for for uh, for decades about Zimbabwe, and that's mm. just across the border. Uh, even uh, even Swaz, uh, Swatini, where where South Africa's influence is vast, uh, you know, uh, gets at best some sort of ginger um, uh, uh, ginger prodding. But mm. at what you know, what you what, what you must understand, this comes back to my to my analogy when everything's a um, when everything is a hammer. What you, uh, when, when all you have is a hammer, you see, you see a nail and there is an enormous parochialism here. Mm. And it, you know, that this is, uh, that this is a replay of, of the sort of apartheid morality play. And this is why, you know, I've written, I've written this, I've said this, I think I've said the, you know, probably said, uh, said this on high. South Africa has nothing to offer one way or another to, the, to that situation. South Africa mm. does not have an understanding of, uh, you know, uh, 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 territorial claims. We certainly don't have, don't have an understanding of national 
nationalisms with 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 religious impulses behind them. Mm. So, and we do we we can offer nothing that would that would lead to any sort of that would incentivize a deal. But then again, you know what I think what what comes out for me in a lot of the 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 uh, sort of what what government officials have been saying about this is that they seem to um, uh, they seem to be complete, uh, conflating the idea of peace settlement and Israeli and and Palestinian victory. You know, as though as though these things are necessarily one and the same. And I suppose mm. from that sort of it's an anti-imperial view that they're coming that they're coming from. That that is their frame of reference. Can I just ask you, um, Terence? Could one view that that this sort of action is actually it may look like and give the impression in the status of being St George sort of slaying the dragon, but mm. really it's a it's a lawfare, it's a pure grabby lawfare tactic on behalf of Hamas. If they can get at the first hearing, or as a result of the first hearing, the RCG to, to the RCJ rather to put in place or to issue a temporary ceasefire, mm. it will have served the aims of Hamas, which is. Pretty much on the back foot from a from a from a military military mm. point of view, while still looking like it's it's taken you know it's taken the world it's the world by storm, mm. and that's really what's most important. And of course, any any win will be regarded as a win, even if it's only an sure, interim yeah. measure, because it it will put Israel on the back foot to, yeah. at least diplomatically, if, even if militarily it chooses to ignore it. Oh no, no, of course. Look, I don't you know I I really don't see this um this having any any practical effect for the course of events, but yes, it, it, once again, this is something that that uh, that is that that is a kind of um, uh, call it a, a diplomatic bludgeon. So no, you know, I don't. I think you know they could get they could get a decision, if a favorable decision tomorrow. They can get whatever whatever order they want. I don't. I don't think anybody expects that. Uh, you know, for Israel, this is this is an existential thing. Now, I I, I think that historians are going to be arguing about. Israel's actions for a long time, and as you say, this isn't the this isn't the the the, the place uh, to 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 get into them. But um, I don't I don't see, irrespective of what the court does, uh, um, it having any any real influence on on on, on Israel's actions. Mm-hmm. But yes, it is something it is something that that uh, that that could be um, uh, influential in um, uh, uh, in opinion. Yeah, you know, look. One, I mean, uh, and I think that 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 that, that is fundamentally what this uh, um, what this is about. Mm-hmm. Look, you know, I, I, I'll 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 go I'll go one step further, and I, I I said this in the final column that I wrote um, that I wrote last year. It's my it's my view. Now, this is not the official stated position of the South African government, but if I follow what they you know uh, uh, the way that that uh, um, that the discourse has been going for the last couple of years. I believe fundamentally the ANC's position is that Israel is a fundamentally illegitimate entity. Mm-hmm. And while it may be, you know, maybe, you know, you have to hold your nose and accept it exists. I think that, you know, they would be, uh, the first choice would be to, you know, uh, wipe it off the map, have a one state, whatever, uh, preferably with a, with, with, with at most Jewish, you know, sort of Jewish minority. And I think that, you know, how can you, how can you morally support the existence of a state that practices genocide? And mm-hmm. I think, you know, I think that, that if they are successful in getting that, then that becomes, uh, yeah, as I said, part of the discourse. And, uh, yeah, you know. Does it, doesn't it also run a risk for warfare in general in the sense that, it could set a precedent that not just Western countries, but a whole lot of non-Western countries would be un- unhappy to have as a limitation in the event of having to conduct war. 
Look, it's a, I have written something which I'm hoping a, um, a particular publication will run. Uh, looking at uh, looking at, at at something related to that. And the question, and it's basically this: um, we live in a um, in an interesting historical epoch where um, where war is frowned upon. Now, you know, people might take umbrage at me for saying that, but that's actually, I think, really product of the last hundred, two hundred years. War is politics by other means. I mean, I think that was the, that was Clausewitz in the early in the you know two hundred years ago or whatever. Not only are armies now expected to you know conduct themselves according to particular uh, uh, particular rules towards combatants, but to you know to to have cognizance of people of the other side, both combatants and non-combatants. I think that the interesting thing you that that you get into there is that that sort of thing is only really you know going to have any effect on public opinion or and possibly the behaviour of liberal democratic societies. Mm. I really don't imagine that if that if China was going to make a make a dash for Taiwan, which is an issue, as you know, very close to my heart, they would, you know, particularly care whether 60, 70, 80,000 people were killed in the first day of bombardments of the Yonghe district in mm. Taipei, where mm. I used to live. Um, and believe me, you could, you could achieve, you, you could achieve those sort of casualties very, very quickly mm-hmm. in a, um, uh, in a, in a built up area. I think, you know, just from a purely military point of view, leaving aside uh, the moral questions, which are, which are very real. How does one deal with, with, with these sort of semi, semi irregular insur- uh, insurgent, Im- embedded insurgent forces, you know, in a way that, 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 well, yeah, you know, the, they set up a situation in which their own losses become politically useful. And if we accept mm. the idea that politics, that, that, that war is politics by other means, you know, it's a, it is a, I hate to say this particularly on this, you know, um, uh, on this platform, but it's a very skillful strategy. Um, mm. you know, uh, Hamas could carry out the, you know, like a hundred of those attacks, you know, and, and inflict the same, the same casualties. Israel mm. will, you know, will still be there. Mm. Um, but it cannot be militarily defeated. I don't, I doubt even with, uh, you know, with the intervention of, you know, a major, you know, sort of semi-major power like Iran, it would, you know, it could, it could be militarily defeated. Mm. But it's, it, it's big vulnerability is the whole sort of moral claim. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is what is being, is, is being relentlessly worked on. And that I think, go, you know, goes a long way to explaining, uh, uh to explaining South Africa's position. Mm. Because, uh, as I say, I think that, that, uh, you know, while South Africa, you know, wouldn't, I don't think that South Africa would, would endorse what Hamas did going, you know, killing, uh, 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 killing civilians. The goal sort of at the end of the day that there will be no more Israel, I think is something that, 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 uh, much, much if not most of the, of the ANC and South Africa's foreign affairs, uh, bureaucracy would be, would be, you know, very much in favor of. I just want to perhaps pivot the conversation, up, um, to said, um, Ministry of International Affairs and Cooperation and the article featuring an interview with, uh, Director General Zane Dangor in the Sunday Times and it, mm. it was suffused with a sort of holier than thou self-righteous quality about it because he said there is a plan to counter expected Western opposition. Part of it would be that more countries would join South Africa in the hearing and uh, they acknowledge that the relationship is not going to be normal and we'll have to look at how to engage after this. I hate to be sort of, you know, a bit of a sort of naysayer in this but I don't imagine that if it, if things were in South Africa's way, there would, the Israelis would be 
that willing to come back to a relationship with a, a country that is frankly as inconsequential as we are? Yeah, look, I, I think, you know, to all, to all intents and purposes, South Africa has pretty much broken off relations with Israel, and I don't think Israel's shedding any tears about it. I think, you know, what, 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 what for me, um, what I find revealing is that having, you know, having taken that route and the genocide allegations and the apartheid allegations and, uh, you know, the Palestinians have been under oppression for 75 years, which as you pointed out is not about 1967 or, you know, the 2000s and second intifadas. That's going right back to 1948. But there is still this kind of, um, uh, this kind of scratch record syndrome. Oh, we can mediate. We can mediate. There is a part of me that could that could sort of acknowledge, I don't know acknowledge acknowledge a serious um, a, a, a South African government position that just came out and said we don't recognise Israel's right to exist. I mean mm. that that would at least be you know um, uh, uh, a firm position. But this uh, you know we um, uh, we are going to. We are going to, you know, throw everything but the kitchen sink and the kitchen sink too if we haven't stolen it at mm. the Israelis and then say, well, you know, we, 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 we stand ready to mediate or mm. to be in, it's, it, there's, there's something so delusional about that. Um, well, can I, can I add to that delusion he makes, um, is that he's confident that the relationship with the U.S. could be managed. Right. I would be inclined to think that maybe what they believe has been the management of the situation, which largely seems to have been fairly desperate in the instances of the last year, indicates nothing about whether South Africa could manage the no. U.S. relationship. No, no, no and, and I, I think I think I think you're entirely correct there. I don't I don't think South Africa has the diplomatic capacity to, to manage much of anything. They have a plan, but then they'll have to look at how they can manage it. I mean, which is it? Do you have your plan, or is this something you're going to look at the day after? I suspect that that uh, you know all it sort of does is it will alienate you know these two things taken together, and then you know scales so that 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 South Africa wanted Iran and BRICS and thrown to the scales. That um, you know, South Africa has taken an unambiguously pro, uh, I would say, almost servile attitude towards China. Mm. Um, and if you know, if there is some sort of, uh, uh, so if the tensions in that part of the world start ramping up, which they have been over the over the past couple of years, that's the United States, that's Japan. You know, those are those are both. You know, um, but once again, you know, this is this is this is politics. Just just. Uh, uh, subsuming all before it. So yeah, I, uh, no, it's it, it's 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 deeply concerning. Look, uh, I, I think go back to 2018. There was a piece that Tony Leon wrote in, um, in 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 the Business Day about the South African Embassy in Washington, which I understand is still our biggest, um, and their position on expropriation without compensation. And so this was just torching investor sentiment all over America. America being a major investor, although I doubt very much whether that factors into any sort of thinking. Mm. Um, and I think you're saying that he, you know, the concept that he has in, in the U.S. just say that South Africa's dip- diplomats are completely absent without leave. They're, they're not at think tank events. They're not at, uh, you know, they're not knocking on people's doors, uh, you know, to try and explain that this is really all quite a, quite a right. It's just radio silence. Mm. Um, you know, um, there was there was some talk I remember about uh, about opportunities for countries like South Africa, like Australia, like Canada, um, when the, when when Britain exited the, the the European Union. There should have been you know flat vowels all over London, you know, uh, 
going and knocking on doors saying, well, bring your, bring your money here. But in the event, you know, crickets. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been, I, I was told by a, um, by a long-term, uh, South Africa watcher in Germany, this sort of guy who really has a pedigree that goes back to the sort of 1960s, Whoa. that, okay. um, this was a few years ago, but I doubt anything's changed. So there's no South African diplomat at the South African embassy. And this is the first time since he's had any interaction with him who can speak German. Mm. That's I want- ridiculous. You know, I wonder how many South. I wonder if there are any South African diplomats who could speak Chinese. Yeah. Um. I as, somehow I doubt it. Um. <laughs> you know. Uh. So. Yeah. yeah you know. You, you. You know. You. If if, yeah. if 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 your if your idea of conducting relations with um uh, uh with with a country like the U.S. is to sort of say you know viva rise of China we love Russia fly over to the U.S. and meet you know with with veterans of the anti-apartheid movement who are you know now sort of moving into frail care and with a congressional <laughs> black caucus <laughs> no, you know I'm 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 sorry you're not you know you you just you're just not serious yeah well um, I, I- I think I yeah. think having uh, I think other than the fact that there are a whole lot of people in government that should be moving into frail care here, um, but we have an election which they are going to fight, notwithstanding their uh, intellectual frailties. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to call it a, the uh, call today to a close uh, because I suspect we will be talking again. On a regular basis, uh, for, yeah, you know, particularly as the, as, as the week is starting with uh, an appearance in the in, in uh, the ICJ. Just uh, uh, an interesting little sidebar there. I see that we've hired an we've hired an Irish lawyer. Um, I, I don't know. Has, has that has that been run through the uh, yeah. uh, been run through the employment equity and uh, localization well, let, bureaucracies? Let's put, Let's put it this way: If, if pronouncing her name correctly is a, is a test of her credentials for uh, for filling the sort of BEE slot, um, maybe it'll work. Because I, I wouldn't even dare to go there, but I, I gather that is so, and that she's probably partly going to stun the world with that extraordinary name, which I cannot cannot at this point <laughs> utter. Um, but I will. I will it's try a completely different. It's a completely different uh, phonetic system. I gather so, and that's why that's why I don't want to get, that's why I don't want to tread where angels fear to, so to speak. But Terence, thank you very much for this. Hopefully, the next time we talk, you and I will both be able to pronounce her name because um, she's apparently quite a force to be reckoned with. Yep. Well, you know, uh, there's probably many people in, in South Africa's diaspora who could have done this if they hadn't been chased away by uh, you know dreadful governance. Exactly. Thanks so much. Anyway, always a pleasure. Cheers. Bye-bye.